Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one yeah, too. That was mine. I think. <laughs> that was mine. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50, like Trish and I. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we dare. Do not. We do, do not. <laughs> Some days more than others. Exactly. Thank you to Mel from Brisbane who left a... Fi- Was this you? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Did you leave us a review? That would be yeah. very poor form, wouldn't it? Oh, no, I'm up for it. <laughs> she left a five-star rating. This podcast is just fabulous. Being a woman in my mid-50s, Mel and Trish are me. Midlife is such a journey and all that goes with it. Great to hear stories that are mine. Cannot wait to join these two every episode. Love it, girl. So thanks, Mel. Not me. Um, if you could leave our podcast a rating and review and recommend it to your friends, it would be so much appreciated. And thanks again, Mel. That's awesome. An awesome yes. review. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure, Trish. Pleasure. <laughs> so what's on today? So we often talk about extraordinary women amongst us that mm. are masquerading as mere mortals. Yeah. They have extraordinary accomplishments and yet are extremely down to earth, yeah. humble, normal, in yeah. fact. And we don't hear about them. Everyday women. Mm. No celebrity status or fanfare. No. Just brave, driven and determined women who have the courage to follow their dreams. (laughs) Sounds like a nursery rhyme. I'm not a nursery rhyme, a fairy tale. But anyway, they take chances, change careers, start new businesses, further their academic studies and then, you know, start new careers again. I know. Regardless of age. They just have that courage. Mm. And as we've talked so often, we're living longer so we've got more opportunity exactly. to do more. Yeah. So and why not? It's that type of or those types of stories that we were determined to champion on Don't yes, Give a 50 absolutely. as well. So we always wanted to bring you a mix of women with more of a high profile or women who had had, you know, high-powered careers, but also your average run-of-the-mill girl out there who's doing amazing things, yeah. but we don't hear about their stories. No. 
So the gorgeous woman you are about to meet mm. is one of these ladies. She's done all of that and to boot is one of the nicest and funnest. Is funnest a word? <laughs> Using my vocab. Let's just add it to our vocab list. <laughs> that you will ever meet. She's wonderful mm. and I feel extremely grateful to be able to call her a friend. I've known her for a while now. She's part of our 50ish tribe and she's amazing. She has studied, established herself in a career. She married an awesome guy, had two children. During that, continued to climb the career ladder whilst raising the kids, mm. managing the home and doing all that us women do. You know, left a secure, stable career, mm. started a business, co-founded a new business and then after that... Went back and studied again yeah. and launched into another career. Mind you, spoiler alert, I don't want to, you know, tell you all of her business. That's why we're... Going to chat to her. Going to chat to her. <laughs> brave, brave, brave girl. Yeah. And um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, me too. And mm. I was chatting to her and I was just loving what she had achieved. And mm. I went, okay, can you come on our podcast yeah. and talk to us? Yeah. And, you we know, share people her. are always like, really, me? I'm yes. like, yes, absolutely yes, you. Yes, they always do. And don't do that 50-ish. Yeah. We need to back ourselves remore. Uh, remor. Oh, God, Trish, I'm having one of those <laughs> Best days. Best to get about now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's early morning for us oh, too, I know, really. I know. Big anyway. week, though, big week. Yeah, huge week. So, so welcome, gorgeous Michelle Cross. So you must forgive me if I slip up and call her Runa, her nickname, which is, of course, how I was introduced to her many years ago by my husband, Gordo, <laughs> who met her brother, Devo, at TAFE back in the, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. And, of course, back then everyone was introduced by the nickname. Um, her you hus- just said introduced. Oh. So here we go, everyone. I just said Ryan Kavu just before. And oh, so- my God. So, yeah, her hubby is Crozer. And his Crozer. mates with Maury, Piercy, Muzza, Doogie, Chuck and Gus, and the list goes on. <laughs> We've known each other for over 17 years and have spent many a memorable and some we don't actually remember that well, <laughs> Easter at Hot Toddies. There's definitely a podcast in the stories from Toddies. <laughs> We're not going to tell any of those stories, are we? Uh, yes, I think there is one you want to tell us right now. Oh, Really? Yeah. Well, I do have a favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like me to share, Mel? Yeah, 50 and faves. I'm We're always which one? Oh, which one? I'm There's always been a few. up for a 50 and fave. <laughs> Take it away. There was this one particular year when I was, when we were at camping and I was just putting my, I think he was nine or ten <laughs> year old son to bed. I know which story this is now. And um, <laughs> as I was putting him to bed and I was going to go back over to the fire to, you know, hang with the grown ups. He said to me, Mum, why can't you come to bed? And I said, no, sweetheart. And he said, why? I said, I'm going over to hang out with my friends at the fire. And he said, you just want to get drunk like Lily Gordon's mum. <laughs> she's quite famous, oh, Lily Gordon's yes. mum. Especially when she's had a few wines. <laughs> she's got a big persona. <laughs> and then when I did go back over to the fire and shared the story with everyone, another friend of ours, Gus, said, there's a T-shirt in that, and lo and behold, the next year. <laughs> the next year they arrived. I had forgotten there was a presentation. Was there a presentation? Mm-hmm. Love it. Love T-shirts it. were handed out. We yeah. all got one that said, I want to get drunk like Lily Gordon's mum. Trish got one saying, I am Lily Gordon's mum. <laughs> and her beautiful little seven-year-old daughter got given one saying, I'm Lily Gordon. <laughs> and you know that. 
still haunts me to this day because Lily is now at boarding school, a good little girls' Catholic boarding school in Brisbane, and I FaceTime her at night and she has now got Gordo's T-shirt that says, I want to get drunk like Lily Gordon's mum, and she wears it as a pyjama top. I'm like, Lily, you can't wear that top at school. I just think that needs to be merchandise. That needs to be go, don't give a 50 merchandise, definitely. Well, that's an idea, Mel. Yeah, I yeah, get, I like that one. I want to get drunk D, or DGAF, get drunk like Lily Gordon's mum. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm onto that. There's an idea. Oh, my goodness. Okay, moving on to the serious stuff. Michelle, aka Runa, I know your career story, but I'd love for you to share where it started. I've kind of, in the intro, I've done a bit of a spoiler alert kind of prefacing where you went with your career, but I'd love to know what you wanted to be when you grow up. Where did you, what happened when you left school? So yeah, I always wanted to be a teacher. I was that little girl who was like, oh, I just want to be a teacher. I used to line up all my dolls and toys and read them some stories (laughs) (laughs) and I had it all worked out way before I finished school and yeah it just never really changed from that so once I finished I went to uni and um, did early childhood teaching and then from there ended up in a kindy was the director of the childcare centre by the time I was 22 so at that time was one of the youngest directors like myself and one of my good friends Ange, the two of us were kind of the youngest ones around. So we used to go to PDs together and yeah, loved it. So that was kind of the start of it. But then while I was in one of the kindies, a little girl who I still am friends with now, she's in her thirties and we're still friends on Facebook. Oh, that is so cute. A little girl with cerebral palsy had moved up from Sydney with her family. She was only a toddler. She was two. And back then you didn't take kindergartens didn't take like childcare centers didn't take kids with special needs, Mm. but her mum came and asked and they gave me the option. The owners said to me, like, really, it's up to you. And I was like, wow. yeah, absolutely. So little Sammy Brown came into my class, <gasps> my toddler's name. class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's she's now in her 30s. But that was kind of the beginning for me of being introduced to kids with special needs. And then from there I was like, you know what, this is really where my passion is. So went back to uni for the second time and majored in, did a Bachelor of Education. It was called Advanced Professional Development, but I majored in special ed. And then from there, I actually, after eight years of running two different childcare centres, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll go work at Education Queensland. You get good holidays there. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like school holidays really, is there? (laughs) And so, yeah, I then ended up at Southport Special School for a few years, which was awesome. And then, yeah, over time... My career just morphed into next thing I knew, I was running an inclusion class in a state high school. And What's an inclusion class? So an inclusion class back in those days mm-hmm. was really not inclusion. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's exclusion. <laughs> it's correct. It was much right. more, really it should have been called the segregation class. Yeah. Yeah. It was called inclusion okay. at the time. It was So a, it's we don't know what to do with you, we're going to put you in the inclusion class. That's right. It was the big thing where mm. they were, for the first time though kind of in history, they were actually realising that kids with special needs had the right to be in a mainstream school. Yes. But the that way of doing that back in those days, which was like late 80s, early 90s, was, okay. was to put the kids in an inclusion class. So they were on the campus yes, but they were of the mainstream school, but they were still, still separated. In, very much separated into their own class and they would come together for things like assembly. Right. If you were lucky, they could might do a PE class or... Yeah, okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's... So you were running that? I was running that okay. and then, yeah, in amongst that, I had kids and mm. then ended up back there again and 
then, yeah, somehow my job morphed into a deputy's role, which was actually called the head of admissions and public relations. Oh, you're kidding. Okay. So the actual title was head of admissions and public relations, but you were actually one of the deputy principals. That's right. So I was getting paid as a deputy with the title being head of admissions and public relations. Fancy fancy title, isn't it? Again, at a time, I guess, when... Education Queensland also was kind of morphing into being more of a business model. Yeah, right. So schools' titles change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that so, multitasking role that they like to um, bandy about in the late 80s, 90s, where you felt very um, professional and needed but weren't monetarily rewarded for that multitasking. <laughs> That's exactly mm. right. So Trisha yes. and I were talking before you arrived, Michelle, about the statistic, and we're not hugely into stats, are we, Trish? We're not great oh, stat I don't girls. I a bit of research, <laughs> darling. I never quote where I get my research from because, you know, I'm not an academic researcher, so it's all a bit loose. It's just the Google. <laughs> oh, well, Google, you know, it serves its purpose, yeah, it doesn't it? That, you know, whilst teachers are uh, predominantly women, obviously there are a lot of male teachers as well, but there are more female teachers. Once you get into those deputy principals, roles at that time in particular, there were way more men. Yeah, look, by the time that I was in those roles, it was probably early 2000s, like when my kids were little. Definitely there were still more men in the roles. Interesting though, particularly men as the principals. Yes. Lots of the principals had their little posse of deputy principals who were females. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, so they knew that they needed strength in that area. So, yeah, the deputy right. was quite often a female. A female, yeah. Do you think that's because many females, female teachers, not all, of course, because not all women step away to have children, but one of the reasons that their careers get interrupted is, is because of that, so therefore they don't ascend to the role of principal at the time. Obviously we're speaking about. Do you think that that had anything to do with it? Did yeah, it play into possibly. It? And look, mm. you know, the reality is I'm sure it's no secret that there's definitely a boys' club. So yeah. Um, trying to infiltrate the boys' club can be really difficult. Mm, mm. And and sadly, too, a lot of the times it's actually the women who make that harder because, you know, like if you're young and pretty and all of a sudden you get a promotion, it's got nothing to do with that you were good at your job. It's got everything to do with the what currency. she looks like. That's why he gave yes. her the promotion. And, you know, isn't it awful that sometimes it's our own peers that fuel that? Yeah, which yeah, it's I a bit think sad. Yeah. I like to think that that's changing. I do yeah. too. Yes, yeah, I do. I think we're much wiser. But yeah, yeah, that is definitely a hangover from that era. Yeah. What do you think were your most kind of rewarding moments or wow moments during that career? As I mean, obviously working with the little girl with special needs, but you know, in that kind of state school environment, I couldn't think of anything more horrendous <laughs> to scare me. <laughs> Oh, Actually, I shouldn't say that because I do. I love I love kids. I love teenagers. I love being around them. But, you know, that's, that's different though. That's a tough gig. Oh, As an ex-teacher myself. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> that is a tough gig. You can gig. love teenagers and love kids, but, you yeah. know, yeah. the classroom is quite a scary place. Oh, so what did you love and what did you – what did you 50 and love and what did you 50, 50 and not love? Well, <laughs> I have to tell you that I was 50 scared on the first day 
of walking into a state high school, you know, a little private school girl myself who'd oh, never been into a state high school. I was like, oh, my God. Were you girl school or yeah, co-ed? No. Oh, girl school. All girls school. And then I ended up at a state high school going, oh, my God. And then mm. I got, I just, I can still remember the first day I ever had a year nine. <laughs> oh, yes. Year nine naughty boys class. Oh, yes. Yeah. I have a year nine child yeah, at the moment well, whom you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Full of life. That Trust is, me, he's an angel in comparison. He is a good boy. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, so no, it was... It was pretty daunting at times, but definitely the the highlights would be one of one of the highlights. Obviously, it's definitely working with the kids. Um, you know, big advocate for kids with special needs, and watching that change over the years and knowing that I was a part of that is something to be really proud of. Like realizing that, like I said before, it was more of a segregation model than an inclusion model. So being part of the push towards that getting changed and, and watching families just so proud when they would see their kids yeah. Yeah. being a part of the mainstream. I remember at one stage when I was Year 12 coordinator, so I'd taken the kids through from Year 8 all the way to Year 12. And when with their graduation, I just remember getting up and doing this speech about the eight Aspie kids mm. who were now graduating and it was, you know, time for their parents to take me off speed dial. And I just remember <laughs> oh, that's just beautiful. being like, you know, like, wow, these kids, like three of them went off to uni. Like, oh, wow. wow. It was just amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would so, be so rewarding because, like, without you and that whole opportunity – that that possibly may not have been their path. It sounds yeah. cliched, but teachers do make such a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And well, you kind can. of, it's when you look back that you realise yeah. that. When, yeah. you're, when you're in the moment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, God, this is hard. <laughs> you're just surviving. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you're true. just surviving. I do believe for kids' mental health, a lot in that whole academic process, especially high school, primary school, wherever, when they feel a little bit different or a little bit behind the mainstream, that that can really affect their anxiety, depression, mental health, self-worth, everything. Even if they have other superpowers, that kind of comparisonitis with the other kids can, and and then if if they feel that hopeless, that's when they can go off the rails. Yeah. And the hard part too is for the parents. Like, you know, it's still like every day, it still breaks my heart when you see a parent whose child's just been diagnosed and watching them come to terms with how life's going to be very different to what yes. they mm. thought it was. Like mm. there's this beautiful poem called Welcome to Holland. I don't know if you guys have ever seen no. it, but it was written by a parent of a special needs child and she tells the story of how it felt to her like they were, she and her husband were so excited because they'd planned a trip to Italy mm-hmm. and they were so excited about all the things they were going to see in Italy, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the range of different things and then plane lands and they're in Holland and they're like, no, hang on a second. We were going to Italy. Like, what are we doing here? Mm. And it was like, sorry, there's no turning back now. You're oh. in, you're in oh, Holland. I see. Yeah. And and you know, she talks about how forevermore, even though they started to realise that after a while, you start to realise that there's tulips in Holland and there's windmills in Holland and mm. it's a beautiful place to be. Mm. But you still watch all your friends coming and going from Italy and oh. go. That's where I was supposed to go. Like, yeah. It still gives me goosebumps every time yeah. I talk about it. But, like, it's a really powerful thing as a teacher mm. to make sure that you're thinking about that when you're speaking to the parents, that, you know, sometimes when people get frustrated yep. as teachers with, you know, like, why are they not doing this with their kids or that with their kids? It's like remembering and being so mindful of the fact that their life is very different to what they thought yeah, it was. It's a huge adjustment. Mm. And I think that the whole home life, the expectation, it just is, you know, potentially just that little bit more 
energy required oh, yeah. to Absolutely. keep mm, on track. Absolutely. And so much judgment, you know, like it's oh, I know. And I think even the story you attach to it in your own head, like a glance that may not be meant as judgment you're attaching the story that it's judgment. So, you know, that's just busy. Your that's head's right. busy all the time. Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. So, Michelle, at this point in time, your career is quite linear, isn't it? It's just sort of followed this pretty much. Linear this is one. a fancy word. I have to get I my head around. What does she mean? Is that straight on? I know. <laughs> straight Go back up. to maths class, Trish. <laughs> I'm in here with two teachers. And I hate maths. Absolutely I possibly should have been in the segregation, not segregation oh, class. Oh, 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 stop it. <laughs> That's um, all right, I have other superpowers. So you certainly do. You certainly do. So basically you're on one career path in the sense that you're always in, you know, in education, of, you know, in some degree. I was. Okay. Yes. And so what changed? What happened? To be honest, I, in the beginning it wasn't really my plan to change what I was doing. It was more I came up with this great idea that I suggested to my Self? To my to my daughter's <laughs> vocal coach that I thought that's what he should do oh. is start this performing arts studio that was for students who want to get a career in the arts professionally because I just felt like that there was a real gap in the market there. Like there was nothing, I guess because I had a daughter who was mm-hmm. a dancer, singer, actor, and while there was plenty of dance schools around, there wasn't anything other than a dance school and she was looking more to get into the industry professionally and Matt, her vocal coach, was this amazing guy who I just love and was like, you know what, mate, you should start a business. And Mm. then he was like, you've got all the good ideas. How about we do it together? And then I was like, yeah, let's do that. Great. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I've had enough of teaching. And for a long time, I guess I had been saying, I think back now and remember how many times people would come into my office, like younger teachers or whatever, who I was friends with, and I'd be like, we should do something different. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Why are we still doing this? We're getting mm. frustrated. Let's just do something different. Mm. Anyway, the opportunity came about and, yeah, it didn't go. It's a pretty, just, a pretty ballsy move, like, you is, know, because yeah. you're in an industry that is pretty secure. Yeah. Mm. Well, a lot of longevity, yeah. mm. you know. That's right. So stepping Stable, back. It, good holidays. That's right. That's right. It was hard Mind you, you need them. Holidays. You need them, yes. you know, don't you? Exactly. And and there's also a lot of planning and stuff that goes on in holidays as well. Yeah. So that perception, that public perception of teachers' holidays is incorrect. And correct. But, um, and I have the husband who has the public perception of he, okay. of loving to say it's a teacher's life. The yeah. amount of times I used to hear, oh, it's a teacher's life. Mm. So in saying mm. that, how did Crozer... Michelle's husband, <laughs> nickname. How did he, like when you made that decision yourself, obviously you kind of run it through your head how this is going to work. When you went to him with that decision, mm-hmm. was it a conversation or it was was it I'd like to do this or was it like I'm going to do this? In my head I knew I was doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always picking yes. the time and it's really uh, interesting yeah, what's it's all in the delivery, isn't it? Yeah. And, and look. Uh, you know, it's certainly no secret in our family that he was not happy with that decision at all because of that whole thing of, you know, like like you said. It's, Stability. It's mm. a really stable job with a really good income mm. and all of a sudden I was taking a risk. Yep. And at the time, the, the inspiration for me was actually Josie when she was 13 saying to me, Mum, 
Don't listen to Dad. He's not like us. You and I are risk takers. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what we will do for our children? And especially a lot of the process, the thought process is, what message am I sending to my daughter if I do this or don't That's do this? exactly right. And that, yeah. I know well that done. that was in my head that when she said, you know, we're risk takers. Like, Dad's mm. just scared. Just take a risk. Don't dare me, Josie. And I was like thinking, <laughs> oh, I think I have been telling her that all the time. Yeah. Like, Don't be scared, sweetheart. Just take, take, take a the risk. risk. Mm. So I was like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. So, But it's interesting too because your happiness ultimately is so important. So if you found yourself, I mean, if you were so enamoured with your career, um, that suggestion would never have That's taken off. Exactly you know, like right. it never would have become a concrete business, right? So and I there is something in that. And and you, a stable career can become like a golden handcuff. You know, you sort of, you're chained true. to it, afraid to change, when in fact that's actually exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Hey Mel, how do you feel about looking a little bit fresher? Not I that you don't look fresh, darling. Love the idea of looking a bit fresher. Don't There's mind no freshen up, a bit of a tweak. Well, I tell you what, I am getting wrinkles. There's no doubt about that. I am 56, but I do like the thought of just softening those wrinkles a bit, not looking so tired, and a bit of a freshen up. A little yep. bit of a tweak here and there makes you feel better, ladies. Then you go for it. So my oh my aesthetics are a business on the Sunshine Coast with two clinics at Coolum and Maroochydore, and they are run by an experienced cosmetic nurse injector. They have injectable treatments anti-wrinkle, mm. dermal fillers, as well as a skin-tightening PDO threads, yeah. skin needling and chemical peels. That helps your skin bounce back. I love a bit of bounce back. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so All the way, I'm they're up for offering it. our listeners yeah. $100 off any PDO thread treatment. When you mention, don't give yes. a 50. So get out there, 50 issues. Give it a go. Yeah. Get, let's get let's tweaked. All. If you want to get tweaked, get 50 and tweaked, get, my friends. Get 50 and tweaked right now. So, so, you know, we all talk about getting our summer bodies. What about our summer faces? <laughs> agree. A bit of fresh. Let's do it. Love my it. oh my. my You're oh my looking fresh, Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> my oh my, so are you. And I, you know when you deep down I knew that yeah. it was time for a change. I yeah. knew. Like I had changed schools by then and mm. thought that that would be enough. Yep. And then was like, you know what, I don't like it here. Yeah. This isn't what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I was really passionate about what we had in mind for the performance studio. So, yeah, in the oh, end. Oh, and that's, that's half, more than half the battle, yeah, the passion. That's right. So in the end mm. I got it over the line with Tim by telling him that <laughs> I'm just taking long service leave for six months. Oh, sensational. And then. So you had that one up your sleeve. I did, I did. You know, <laughs> we'll see what happens at the end of Which six is months. good because mm. it also gives you that little security blanket as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Even though you don't really need it or intend yeah. to use it. I just, it, no, just, it's gave, just it just gave him time to get used yeah. to the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do and not listen okay. to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and Gordo, we listen to everything you say and take it on board. <laughs> They're very similar. They're very sensible. They are. Frugal. Oh, and look, you know, I'm not. You know, yeah. oh, I was very lucky yeah. that Tim had the stable job because had everything gone yeah. Yeah. upside down. Yep. I mean, I could have gone back to teaching, but I knew that I didn't want to do that. Like, mm. same. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, as it turned out, it was a great choice. And Yeah, so tell mm. me so more about the Performer's Studio. Exactly what does it do? Because I get that hole in the market because, you know, you've got all these kids doing, you know, speech mm. and drama and dancing and whatnot. And, and then, you know, they even go on some to uni to do the degree. But it's it's that part from 
where those dance classes and everything that they love finish and then where do they start their career in that industry. It's like that it's kind of like we can play while we're young and then it's time to get serious. But why not take these things that we love doing into a career? Is that where it kind of facilitates that next jump? Yeah. So setting up the pre-professional program, that was exactly what the plan was, was to try to try to find a place for kids who knew that they weren't just mucking around anymore. They're not just going to dance classes for something to do on the weekends. They actually wanted to get into the industry. So it was all about actually finding them a network of people who were professionals to show them how they did it. So every week at classes, they get taught by somebody different. So we might get like our creative director is a NIDA trained director. So he comes in and does a show with them. But we have like when visiting shows are around. So, you know, like say, for instance, like Frozen, as an example, Courtney Monsma, who plays Anna in Frozen, um, that's traveling around Australia at the moment. She comes in when they were in Brisbane. She comes and teaches the kids. So So do you always source these people directly? Just go straight to them and say, can you come in? and? Yeah. And and Mm. Matt's been awesome like that. He has lots of, because he's a producer as well, he has lots of connections, but over the years you make the connections as well and it's been fantastic for the I kids. I can imagine mm. that world would be very much a kind of, well, a lot of industries are, it's kind of the who you knows as well. So it's a good opportunity for them to get into that yeah. arena. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mm. I know that part of this new business, etc., was driven by your desire to help your daughter as well, Josie, because she is a beautiful actress, singer, etc. And so Josie was just in the Elvis movie, correct? She was, yeah. So proud. Very was, went with the kids and look, there's Josie, there's Josie. <laughs> so exciting. Very yeah. exciting. And look, we were we've been really proud of the performance studio kids, the graduates on on the whole. I think we've had nine students get into the Conservatorium of Music doing wow. musical theatre. We've got some at Whopper. Um, we've had a couple go to NIDA. We've had um, Josie obviously went to QUT acting. We've got a couple that are over in New York um, studying over so there. So, yeah. What are some really... of the other roles and things that the students have obviously got into great courses? Have, are they in great productions? And that must be so rewarding when you see that. Yeah, yeah. And look, we, we love, oh, it's my favourite thing to do is, you know, like, oh, Tim, I have to travel around to go and see these kids in all their shows. <laughs> Part love. of my job. <laughs> So I Josie love a good night out at the theatre. <laughs> we love to jump on a plane and go and see who's doing what. So, yeah, they've, we've got kids that have been in productions like all throughout Australia. Um, one of the girls, which was kind of another little morph of my career that I forget about sometimes, sorry, Lucy, one of our girls from Performer Studio, when she was, she was only 12, when her mum came to me and said it was her first year at Performer Studio and she said, Lucy just hates school, Michelle. I don't know what to do with yep. her. And she's a phenomenal singer, like absolutely phenomenal. And so yep. she said, you know, what can we do? And I said, why don't you homeschool her? And she was like, oh, we wouldn't know how to do that. Anyway. I ended up homeschooling. Oh my gosh, you are brilliant. For three years. I loved it. We had the best time. And yeah, she now lives in LA following her music career. I love that. Look out for her, Lucinda Curtis. Lucinda Curtis. Curtis. It's got that ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. It might be okay to homeschool someone else's child. I couldn't do my own. No. Actually, who am I kidding? I couldn't homeschool anyone. Trust (laughs) me. 
No. I can't even homeschool but myself. Trust me, Finn, my son, asked if he could then be homeschooled when he realised I was homeschooling Lucy. I was like, no chance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I guess you don't have to live with them as well, do That's you? Right. They just go at the end of the, the day or whatever. Did you find That's that really hard juggling this mm. career, like the teaching, being deputy, then changing over into the business? Did you find that hard with juggling motherhood, running the house, all mm. of that or...? No, not really. If anything, I actually felt really privileged during those, at that time when I swapped over to doing performance studio, Finn was just going into year seven, so just starting high school. So Joseph would have been year 10. So it actually meant that I was there for them so much. Yeah, freed you out. Yeah. So, you know, like often when I was homeschooling Lucy, some of our days would involve that we would be driving Josie to set. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant. So, you know, the sorts yeah. of things that I wouldn't have been and able to Lucy do. And Lucy wanting to get into mm. the industry would have been thrilled with that. Exactly. And what great yeah. experience. Yeah. So, I think that is the thing too, and especially with, you know, Finn being in grade seven, Lucy being, oh, Lucy, Josie being in grade 10, I think that at that stage of their lives you can see that they're growing up so fast. Yeah. You know, it's these little kids that depended on us so much and now all of a sudden we can see them future, their time spent with us is getting less and less and their need for us is less and less so we want to spend more and more time yeah and it was a them. really nice time to be with them like during their teenage years because I'd had worked when they were little so yeah 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 all of a sudden being at home and being able to always like you know drop them to school and pick them up and yeah. go to every assembly yeah like all of that sort yeah. of thing yeah, was, you miss that yeah, yeah it was really nice to be able to do well, it well that's so. the thing too people think that because you're a teacher that you're going to be able to work in with your children, but if they're at a different school, you don't see anything because you're at work. That's right. So you still miss as much. Yeah. So tell us how the the performance studio works. So it's a course. That's right. Yeah. That students do. That's right. So they audition to get in. Okay. Do you take mature age students? (laughs) (laughs) You can do it, Trish. Come on. You've seen me, darling. We've seen you in action, both of us. She's got talent. Bloody good cartwheel. She can. She can. It's been a while. She's got talent. We we know that. We've identified that a long time ago. She sings. Not well. No, it doesn't matter though. You took over the microphone at my wedding and completely changed the song to Dancing Queen in the middle of the song. And they just went with you. Do you remember that? No, you don't. I blocked you some said, of those moments. Out no, it was, it was gold. It was pure gold. They were mid-song singing something and Trish just walked up and grabbed the microphone and started singing Friday Night When the Lights Are Low. He's a favourite. <laughs> yeah. And they ran with you. They were wow. such great musicians. So anyway, they obviously sorry. knew talent. Uh-huh. <laughs> they also knew talent. That's it. Mm. We, we know it at camping at Easter, trust me. Mm. We, we get a little mm. concert from Trish most years. Oh, this yeah. year I was quite proud. Lily Gordon gave a little snippet of her mm-hmm. sing songs. Yes. Like mother, like daughter. Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, she yeah. can actually hold a tune, though. That's the difference. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. They audition to... Yes. So, they audition to get in. Yep. Um, and then we uh, run the program, like, so once a week, they come for four hours, which is which is a fair bit of time, like, as a teenager to, you know, give up. Every week, and but it's just amazing, like how committed they are. You you have to be committed. The kids who are not committed usually don't fall off the ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these are high school age students. That's right, okay, yeah. all so, right. So they're still at school. So yeah. there's still a lot of structure in their lives, and then they come to you for four hours a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thirteen to eighteen year olds. For the first three years that we ran the program, we actually ran out of Hotter. Um, so we had a contract with Hotter. What's Hotter? Uh, Home of the Arts, so Gold Coast Arts Centre. Okay. Oh, okay. Like our Q-Pack off the Gold Coast. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it's just been, and now we have a studio in Mermaid Beach that um, we run it out of, and yeah, amazing, brilliant. So you've got your own studio now. Yeah, yeah. So we well, we've had a few different studios. We okay. had an amazing one, and then it got we spent all this money renovating it, and then it got a demolition notice. Oh no! So yeah, it's heartbreaking. You know, you do have to learn to roll adapt, with the adapt and punches when you start your own business. There's mm. lots of things that you're not prepared for, that's for sure. Yeah, so, for sure. Michelle, you've done all of this mm. and then yet you've decided that potentially you would like to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I love, you know. Yeah. It's like, Let's okay, kick that box, that's going. Mm. What, um, what made you decide to go back and study yet again? So this time it's a master's. That's Is that right. correct? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm doing my master's in applied behaviour analysis. So yeah, could bit I different. be your guinea pig? <laughs> applied behaviour analysis. So that came about because Lucy graduated, so I didn't have Lucy at home with me. Oh yeah. Anymore, she was off to New York at that stage, and Finn was going into year twelve, and I was like, hmm, he's going to finish school, and what am I going to do? Mm. I've got a lot of time on my hands, and performance studio, you know, is fantastic, but doesn't yeah. take up a lot of my time. It was running yeah. itself. You know, runs itself. Had the momentum. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of went full circle really because I'm back working in the early intervention space for kids with autism. So, wow. And that's what applied behaviour analysis is a science that is, you use to change socially significant behaviours for it doesn't have to be kids with autism. It can, applied behaviour analysis is used in a whole range of areas with animals, with um, people with mental health Issues like so, but yeah, for me, I've chosen to um, work in the early intervention space. For that sounds absolutely mm, fascinating. Are you still studying, yeah. or have you finished your masters? I'm still studying. So, but yeah, so I did my graduate diploma in applied behaviour analysis, and then started practicing as a behaviour therapist. So, when you started mm. practicing as a behaviour therapist. Did you have to then put yourself back out there in the workforce? Like it was, yeah. you know, was it like resumes and interviews and stuff like that? Because that, even saying that makes my blood run cold. Yeah. Like I just think, you I know, because it's been so long since any of us have had to, well, not, you know, some have, but for me, like I can't even tell you the last time I did a resume, mm. let alone went for a job interview. Well, I was so the same. I was... was that daunting? Yeah, yeah, it was. A lovely Did you lady. go on the Google? A lovely lady called Nina Perry that I believe oh, you've actually yes. <laughs> For those of you who oh. do remember our beautiful career psychologist, Neens, Michelle is her sister-in-law. Oh, yes. serious. So Neens is married to Devo, yeah, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't. And, and Neen also is the career psychologist for Performance Studio. So oh, she brilliant. comes in and works with all the kids to make sure that they know, you know, which pathway that they want to take and oh. yeah so together we meet with each student individually and help them to choose which is where brilliant. they're going to go and I must say I took Lily to see Neen's just on the school holidays that were recent and Michelle came along as well because Lily does love drama and singing etc and it was just brilliant so if there are parents out there that are not knowing mm. and, and and I find the whole thing very overwhelming and I'm sure the kids do as well so just to help get that bit of Clarity. Yeah. It was so lovely to mm. see Neens and yeah. I was so grateful she's you were awesome. there. She's a good person to have on your team. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's she's awesome. awesome. So, yes, anyway, she was the one who I went to when I was like, oh, I need a resume. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. And because she actually works for Griffith Uni, like yes. she's oh, she'd have a good one. Counselor. She'd have the better than the Google. And that so I'd she go to. sent me the booklet and said, you need to read the booklet and write your resume. Did she resume. say, can you just give me the template? I don't <laughs> want to yeah. read the booklet. Yeah, give me the template. Yes, I did not realise that there was a booklet. There's a booklet for how to write your resume, yes. Okay, so, all right. Anyway, so I did that. Wow. I was a good little student and did yeah. what she told me. Yeah, of course. So... Yeah. Positions to apply. Where did you where did you find them? I was actually really lucky. I spoke to my one of my lecturers and said, you know, like I'm based on the Gold Coast, and she said, oh, I actually have a friend. Oh, blah, blah. brilliant! And so, yeah, and then it's the universe coming together and, to assist. Yeah, and then through the university, though, Nina also started forwarding me some roles, and and so then, you know, really, I had the choice. Then I was like, going, oh my goodness, now I'm got too many choices and I don't know what to do but I went with my heart and went to the company that I'm with now and yeah love it beautiful families that I work with oh that's nice so what is like a day when you're at work what what is that like pretty fascinating thing because no two days is ever the same so we do one-to-one therapy in people's homes I also go into kindies and schools and work with the kids in the kindy and school and with the teachers and then I do parent training as well, so like giving the parents support to know how to do the therapy with the children themselves. So some days I might be out the back of Goanaba on a quad bike taking the kids down to ride the horses. Wow. Other days I might be in a school classroom working with kids in that setting and, yeah, then... then so it's literally the clients is that same children in, in different environments. That's right. So in their home, at their school, with their parents, etc. Yeah. And what does that involve? Is it activities or is it just talking to them or? So applied behaviour analysis is actually a, a style of therapy. So we, yeah. when we're doing the one-to-one therapy with the kids, so part of my job as one of the um, program supervisors is that we have some behaviour therapists that work for us that I go in and and show them how to run the one-to-one therapy program. And so that will involve, like, you know, some of our kids, for instance, are non-verbal kids. So a lot of time spent encouraging, we do keyword signing with them. We use what's called PECS, which is a picture exchange communication program where Basically, we use a whole multimodal approach to try to get kids that are non-verbal to be able to communicate. And then obviously we have other kids that are very echoic, which is really common in um, kids with autism. So it's getting them to use that language that they do have in a more functional way, Mm -hmm. a range of things. Then you have Mm -hmm. some other kids that we work with who are really um, like highly intelligent, high functioning kids who just need some help with social communication because that's what... Autism, they have a lot of difficulties with their social communication. Mm. But yet other superpowers that are off the scale. Oh, amazing superpowers. I so don't, look, I do not see autism as a disability at all. Oh, no. I just see it as a different way of thinking. But, oh, my goodness, some of their superpowers are, like, next level. Mm. really is intriguing how the brain works, doesn't it? Like, that part of their brain is so wired finely and brilliantly. Fascinating. Yet the social side yeah. He's not quite yeah. joining correctly. Yeah. And it's just beautiful watching like kids. Like my social side joins fine. <laughs> yeah, same. The other side, feeling. not so good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but watching kids who haven't been able to communicate all of a sudden know how to have a conversation would have to be one oh, of my so favourite things to watch. Like every day is so rewarding because you see kids doing something they could never do before, which... And because it... Mm, awesome. you, and you see often with those children the frustration, which 
sometimes I think gets judged from other people as bad behaviour. But if you spent a day in their head and not being able to get out or converse with what they need or what they mean, that would be I'm watching the difference when they realise that language works. Like, oh, my goodness, I asked for something the person responded. It's just so beautiful just watching. I love that this career, you're starting with them as, you know, in their infancy and then following them all the way through. I think that will be so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think this is it for now? Oh, I think so. Who knows? Now, we had a conversation when I saw you the other week and you were saying how you never really felt that, you know, you would do your master's and now you're doing your master's. And then you mentioned that someone had said you should do your doctorate. And you were like, that was something that just made you feel physically ill. But now there's kind of a feeling of potentially I could maybe one day. Wow. Mm. Is that true? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Look on your face. I suspect that, Tom. I just think it's amazing (laughs) from going to that, you know, when you first leave uni going, I'm never going to study again, to thinking possibly one day I might get to a space where I think it's doable. It's way more fun when you're older. Oh, yeah. Because you're not hungover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Wrong audience. Not, hung, not hungover as often. Maybe yeah. that's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Michelle does like a wine. Okay, we have had a wrong with that. wine or two over Easter. <laughs> so you've still got the anyway. you've still got the performance studio, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So and it's really nice because I actually let Josie take the reins of that. Now she's just graduated from uni doing her BFA in acting. And so in between jobs when she's, if she's, you know, hasn't got an acting role at that time or whatever, I've just said to her, you know, like, hey, here you go. Mm. So, so that's brilliant to build yeah. that up mm. and almost like as in a legacy for her and for other students yeah, going through the coast. And, and the kids that are now in Performer Studio, love having Josie there who's, it's so current. Like, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We were having Similar the conversation yeah. too mm. about the Gold Coast being, you know, the one of the major destinations now for movie production as well. Mm. So that's, Absolutely. Yeah. What are the stats on that? It's in the top four in the world now. So, yeah, between LA, UK, Canada and Australia are the top four places in the world where... Movies are being made, and wow, yeah, and so a lot many. of that in the Gold Coast area. Yeah, yeah. It's Why is Gold that? Coast. I think that one of the reasons is because it's very affordable to film here. Um, during COVID, mm. Australia well, became an even. The, yes, if you look at the Australian dollar versus the American <laughs> or the uh, British yeah. pound. Yeah, during COVID, I guess yep. Australia was such a safe place that lots of people wanted. Yep. They were watching, like you know, that it wasn't as many numbers here or whatever. So and there was, there was a lot chose. of movies being mm. filmed at that time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they kept going. Yeah, which they? is when Elvis Elvis was filmed during oh, okay. that time. I think Josie had like 76 COVID tests because you had to oh, get <laughs> <laughs> every three days or something. You had to get it's very clean tested. nostrils. Oh, <laughs> I never want to go back to that time. Uh, <laughs> 76 COVID tests. Oh. But isn't it nice saying back to that time? Like, you know, finally there seems like we're on the other side. Sometimes slightly. it does. Some days. Yeah, some days, some days it does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's extraordinary. I mean, the good thing about that is that there's opportunities. And it's great for Josie that she's got that consistency of running the performance studio while she's sort of in and out of her acting work and auditioning and things like that. So she's got some consistency yeah, running there in right. the background for her. Right. And it's all related to... yeah. 
to the industry. Right. And now that she's she has, you know, been on the big screen, I mean, wow, what a story to tell for her students. It's just the beginning. It's yeah, just the beginning. yeah. That's you so never exciting. know. It could be just the end. <laughs> no, don't say that. Yeah, no, we'll, mani- we'll keep manifesting. manifesting greatness. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of zigs and zags and potentially, you know, maybe more in the future. Is there any fear factor of what have I done, what am I doing, mm. any regret or, mm. or not really? There were certainly days in the beginning, I think, where I was like, oh, what's Tim going to say? Whoops. Yeah. But but no, on the whole, 100%, I know it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I don't miss the politics of being yes. in a school. Yeah. Um, I hear so many teachers these days, which is really sad, but like hearing mm. so many of them just saying like it just gets harder and harder. Yeah. That so, whole homeschooling thing, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's a whole nother level. I still love every day when it's the first day back at school. I make mm. sure I take a photo on the beach and send it to all my teacher friends. <laughs> yeah. Have a nice first day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Missing you. Mm. Lord. Yeah. So for other women who may be at that cusp mm. of changing careers crossroads. or crossroads, mm. what advice do you have? Your gut, I think. I thought you were going to say <laughs> 50 do it. <laughs> yeah. That too. It's so, you know, it's that intuition, isn't it? You you, mm. you try and dial into it and you go, am I just, am I making this up? Is it the universe giving me a big push? Is it my intuition or am I just, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like at the end of the day, you have to work hard. Like it's not yeah. like, that, that. I guess that's one of the things that I try to instill like in the kids is that. Like nothing comes easy. Yep, like all yep. these people that you see are successful and not successful. Like, and, and even, you know, we say it to the kids at Performance Studio all the time. All the successful actors you see did not just one day have it land in their yeah, lap. It's not Correct. luck. It's not luck. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Right. It may yep. seem like luck, yeah. but they haven't seen the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. they haven't seen the backstory. That's right. They don't know it. Yeah. Mm. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Michelle, we've got to wrap it up. I could talk to you all day. But the wrap-up question we always ask our guests is what advice, if you had a TARDIS and could go back in time, would the 50-ish Michelle give to her 20-year-old or 20-ish-year-old self? The first bit of advice I would give is listen to the orthodontist when he says get your wisdom teeth out. Do not wait until your forties to get your wisdom teeth out. It's a silly thing to do. That is do gold. it while mum and dad are still paying. <laughs> that is gold. Not only that, but mm. those wisdom teeth roots get a lot yeah, bigger. They in get the impacted. Yes. Don't they? Good <laughs> advice. Okay, so love it. Okay, definitely would have told myself. Good <laughs> <laughs> <That's a> point. <laughs> Anything else uh, apart from your, your orthodontist advice? <laughs> oh, look. Obviously, I'm a big believer in. Take those little risks that you think seem huge at the time and follow your heart. Yeah, mm. beautiful. So would you, like looking back now, would you consider the, that risk small that you took leaving, leaving teaching and starting the performance studio? How would you rate it, big or small? Probably big. It didn't, at the time I was just so hell-bent on that's what I was doing. I don't think I thought about how big. The consequence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And still you had the safety net of long-service right. leave. That's yeah, right. that's true. But also teaching some. is something that you can go back to. Uh, well, so That's right. Like even, you mm. know, I could do that tomorrow if... Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you so desired. That's right. But you're far too busy for that. <laughs> you got too much on your plate. Too much flexibility. Yeah, so too interesting. Too many theatre productions to go and watch. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, and premieres. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Love yeah. it. So cool. Well, I am very proud of you and I think you're an amazing woman. So Me thank too. thank you very much Thanks, for coming guys. in. I think you both are. Oh, this thank is, you. I love my Don't Give a 50. Do my you? My favourite thing. <gasps> I giggle my way to sleep. <laughs> Tim is wondering, what is she laughing at? What's this Trish Oh, bless oh, you. We still, Mel awesome. and I still get surprised that people actually listen to us. Oh, no. It's really nice to hear. We are always. I believe constantly. Mia Fredman's listening. Oh, yes. We're just oh, manifesting gosh. that, Mia. <laughs> I've checked. She hasn't seen my message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bummer. She's not going to click on it. <laughs> oh, come on, Mia. Come on. Love that. All right, gorgeous. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye. Too. So that's it from us today. If you want to. <laughs> so <laughs> professional. Like, oh, oh yeah, gosh. press stop. <laughs> That's it from us today. If you want to know more about the Performance Studio, we've put links to the website and socials in our show notes. And don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. Remember to leave that review for us. Please. Please. So our gorgeous we'll read it out. Is, we promise we'll read it out. Life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing and taking risks is an absolute privilege. As they say, feel the fear and lean in anyway. Mm, do well, they? Sometimes. Do you say that or is that just you? No, that no. That <laughs> <laughs> just seem very prolific. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> T-shirt that says, I want to get drunk like Lily Gordon's mum. And she wears it as a pyjama top. I'm like... (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.